We're wrapping up the, the final week of a series that we've been in for the last uh, six weeks. It's the seventh week. Uh, the, the seven I am statements of Jesus that we find in the book of John. And it's been, it's been a fun series to go through. And in some ways challenging because while I can give you some opinions about what I think uh, is, is in here, we're ultimately dealing with what are recorded for us anyway as the words of Jesus. And so the things that he says, they're not really through my filter. They're recorded as those who were contemporaries heard him say them. And then we have to wrestle sometimes with what those words mean. And today is, is one of my favorite passages of Scripture and I'm not going to take a long time to, to go through this. I just want to give you kind of the, the highlights and give you some, some maybe things to think about in your own life. And then you and I have to decide how that, how that impacts us and how that drives decisions that we make or choices that we make or directions that we go. And so if you've brought a Bible with you today, I want to ask you to turn with me to John chapter 14. Uh, you could... Uh, you know, if you got one of these old style, like I've got right here, but you might have your phone or your device, that's good too. And uh, we'll have the words here on the screen behind us as well, I hope, I think. Yes? Yes, sir. All right. And we're going to start in John chapter 14, verse 1, which to me are some of uh, the most encouraging words that I find in the Bible. And Jesus says this, he says, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way where I am going. And then Thomas says to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? And Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And this is where we find the I am statement that we're talking about today, where Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. And Thomas asks this great question because Jesus is telling him, he says, um, there's a place uh, and, and it's a metaphor. I don't think Jesus literally means like there's a cell for you in heaven, right? He says there's a room. But he's continuing this metaphor of this mansion, this place that God has designed for, for his people to gather for all of eternity. And the implication there is that it's a place that's been given attention to detail. It'll be more than sufficient for what we would need for eternity. It's a place where 
um, we'll be able to be together, to live in community with one another. And Jesus says, I'm going to this place to prepare it for you. And, and you'll know the way to go. But Thomas asks this question, which is kind of obvious. He says, we have no idea where you're going. And the problem here is, to give it a little context, this conversation is happening in the context of their Passover meal, what we would call the Last Supper. And Jesus knows that in a very short period of time, he's going to give his life on the cross as a, a sacrifice for the sins of mankind. But the disciples don't yet have this picture. In fact, uh, you know, yesterday was uh, what they call Holy Saturday. Some people call it Black Saturday because it's the space and time between on, on Thursday night and through the day on Friday, the disciples were with this, this mentor, this master that they've come to understand and to love who speaks these words of the kingdom of God and who performs miracles and is like no one else they've ever seen or ever heard of, and they've come to believe in him as the Messiah, and everything is going great. They're having this fantastic meal together. But in the space of the next 24 to 48 hours, all of that for them is going to come crashing down. And so Thomas is saying that uh, we don't know where we would go. And Jesus points out to him, it says, it's not so much that you need to know where to go, it's, it's you need to know who. And he says, it's me. And uh, I'm gonna pause here because I'm getting a little message back here. If we have any kids that are visitors that wanna go to Kids World, they can go. We didn't mean to leave them out. So if we've got any other kids that wanna go over to Kids World and go across the hall right here, you're welcome to do that, all right? Kids are always welcome to stay in here with us too. Uh, always, always. All right, so Thomas asked that question. How can we know where you're going? Jesus says, I am the way. He gives us three things here. This is really convenient from, from a preacher's standpoint. Uh, three points, right? The way, the truth, and the life. And knowing the way is critically important. Uh, for an example, uh, when Karen and I got married, we went to uh, California for our honeymoon. Went to Disneyland. I'd never been to Disneyland. Um, and so I was excited to go. Karen had been to California. In fact, Karen was born in California. She considers herself a California girl, even though she's lived here most of her life. She's, she's somehow spiritually connected to California, you know what I mean? <laughs> and so we get there, and I have no, I don't, look, I'm, I'm 20 years old. I don't know what we're doing uh, about anything, right, when you're 20. Um, and so we get there. We rent a car, first time we've ever done that. Uh, we, we get in the car. We've got the little map uh, for you, you kids. Uh, there was no GPS. Um, it was, maps were made out of paper. Right? <laughs> and they folded up. If you, could, if you could wrestle them into submission, you could fold them up and, uh, and use them. And so you would actually look on there and you'd like figure out where you were and where you were going and look at all the different courses that you might take and what was the best route to go. And uh, I don't know what happened. But... We were supposed to be going to Anaheim, right? Which is 45 minutes, an hour from the airport, maybe. Uh, a little bit more, uh, perhaps, uh, in those days without some of the new freeways. And uh, so we got in the car. We took off. It was um, fairly late in the day. We were exhausted because we'd had, you know, the ceremony in the morning and hung out with all our friends and family, then jumped on the plane and went to, to L.A., got on the, 
the car, got in the car, and it was starting to be dusk, and we took off, and Karen fell asleep. And four hours later, she woke up and said, where are we? I'm like, I don't know. I'm just, I'm driving. You said get on the highway and go, and so I'm going. <laughs> we were almost to San Francisco. I'd stop to get gas because we needed gas because, you know, drove a long way. <laughs> she was like, oh, my gosh. So she got the map out and showed me where we were and pointed me back in the right direction. Right? So, so knowing the way can make a big difference in where you end up. And Jesus says that he's the way. Where does the way go? Jesus says that he's going to be with the Father, and that the Father is in heaven, and in heaven there's a place prepared for us, and he's going there to make sure that it's all ready when we show up. And it's a very... It's an important concept, but maybe a little bit difficult to grasp. Because Thomas is asking, point me in a direction to go. And Jesus is saying simply, look at me. I am the way to go. And then Jesus says that he's also the truth. He says, I'm the way, I'm the truth. Truth has become a fuzzy topic in our culture, which is, is kind of weird, but in another way, I'm probably guilty of it too. You know, I, mean, I mean, truth is supposed to be like immovable, right? But we live in a, in a world today where we, we have phrases like, um, you know, speak your truth. And that's a good thing, because if your truth is true, <laughs> you should speak it. The problem is, I mean, I can point out some people in my own life. I think about people in my own life, and I pray that, I'm not, that I don't do this, that I don't fall prey to this, who, who say things like, I'm just, trying to, I'm just trying to be true to who I am. And you look at them and you go, whatever you're doing right now, whatever you're thinking, whatever you're saying right now is absolutely not true to who you are. And it's, and it's become kind of this scapegoat for some people to say, well, I'm going to speak my truth, but then you find out that the truth that they're speaking isn't really grounded in any kind of fact. It's just what they want or what they think. I'm susceptible as anybody to being driven by my emotions more than I'm driven by the truth, the fact that's actually in front of me. It's something we have to be careful of in our interactions with one another and in our interaction with the world. To deny truth in favor of what I want or what moves me puts us in a very dangerous position. And so Jesus says that he is the truth. And then finally he says in response to Thomas's question of, how can we possibly know where you're going? He says, I am the life. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. There's a couple of popular books out there, and more than these even. I'm sure you could think of some too that you've seen. Uh, 
your best life now. Right? Anybody seen that? Seven principles for living your best life now. They're probably good principles. I haven't read it. Um, Rick Warren, a great speaker, a Christian leader, The Purpose Driven Life. I, which, I don't, if you've read The Purpose Driven Life, it's not rocket science, and I'm a little angry that I didn't come up with that. Because, you know, 40 or 50 million books later, The Purpose Driven Life is summed up in figure out what you're passionate about in your life and how it intersects with your faith, and then go do that as much as possible. And you have a purpose, a purpose-driven life. That's probably the closest to what Jesus is talking about here. Life. But what we find in this one simple verse is that Jesus answers three critical questions that humanity seems to have asked from the beginning of, of time as we know it. Where, why, and how should we live? Where are we going? Why are we here? What am I doing? And Jesus offers us the possibility that we will engage with life with him. that he can reveal those things to us in our lives. Some of those things are universal across everyone's lives who will be a follower of Christ. Um, We should love our neighbor as ourselves, no matter who they are. Jesus says this, right? He says it's, it's the second greatest commandment. It's a cousin to the greatest commandment. The other thing that's universal is that if we're, if we're followers of Christ, if we're going to go in the way of Jesus, we're going to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, all of our soul, and all of our strength. But then there's lots of other stuff that comes on into our lives where our personalities, our passions, our gifts, they begin to become manifest in the way that God has uniquely created each of us And our mission is to find out, as God has uniquely created each of us, how do we then intersect those parts of our lives with where Jesus is going and what Jesus is thinking and how Jesus would live. So I would offer to you this. We say where. Jesus says, I am the way. I'd ask you to consider that that idea of, of Jesus says where he's going. He says, I'm going to the Father. And so if we take that and we bring that down to our life, where are we going? Are we pursuing a life? Are we pursuing Uh, a, a formation of who we are as a human being within the sea of humanity and, and the people around us? Are we pursuing uh, a formation of someone who is also going to the Father? We say, well, who is, who is the Father? Uh, I'm going to jump back to Isaiah chapter 43 just to give you, and I, I, you know, I could pull out hundreds of references like this. But this is what the father says about himself in Isaiah 43, 11. He says, I am the Lord, and besides me there is no savior. 
Who is the Father? He's God. He's Almighty God. He's, he's holy and righteous and above all others. Every other human created idea of God will at least at one day be in service to Almighty God because he is Almighty. When Jesus says he's going to the Father, that's who he's going to. When we look at our lives and say, what direction am I going? Where am I going? That's the question I ask myself. Am I going in a direction that is leading me to the Father? Am I going in a direction that leads me to the presence of Almighty God? And then the truth. When we're talking about life with Christ, we say, well, how do I know the truth? I would, I would suggest to you this. What did he say? We're really fortunate to have these these four Gospels in the midst of all of these other things that have been written and inspired by the Spirit of God for, for men to write. But we have these four Gospels where contemporaries and people that, that hung out with him and knew people who hung out with him were able to recall and record things that he actually said from his mouth. And like I, like I just mentioned, one of those, you know, love the Lord your God. Love your neighbor as yourself. Um, don't be mean to your, to your friends. Don't uh, covet after what your neighbors have. Um, show so much love towards one another that people will have no mistake that you're one of my disciples. These are things that came out of his mouth. And so if we want to know the truth, how do we, how do we understand the truth that Jesus is? We, we have at least this resource to look at what he said and believe that those words are true. And then finally, life. Boy, this can be a hard one. As I look at people around me, I look at young people trying to figure out where they're going, uh, what, what this whole thing is about on this planet Earth. It's hard to find a purpose, isn't it? it if, I can, if I can be so bold, I'll even say that sometimes I even struggle in my own life with with a career now, a ministry of 25 plus years of sharing the gospel and preaching the gospel and leading worship, sometimes I still feel like I'm in a struggle to figure out where I'm going and what I'm supposed to be doing. I understand the calling God has in my life, but how does that work out? Do I go here? Do I go there? Do I make this decision or that decision? It's difficult. I get it. And yet if I, if I want to take refuge in something, I could at least go back to the most basic thing. Just as I am thinking in, in the way, as, as I say, well, where is Jesus going? I want to I go that direction too. And, and what is truth? Well, what did Jesus say? Let me start there and I'll cling to the things that he says and then try to pattern the choices and decisions I make in my life to be true to that. And then finally, what is my purpose? If nothing else, I can go back and I can look at the things that Jesus did. Say, what kinds of things did Jesus do? He, he helped the poor. He comforted the brokenhearted. 
He protected those who were being abused and cast out by religious systems. He had fun with his friends. He preached the word of God. He was willing to lay down his life for those around him who who needed someone to do that. I can start there. You see, when Jesus was crucified and resurrected, it wasn't wasn't only this idea that, that the Bible teaches us that we all have this sin problem and that that sin separates us from God. And so, so Jesus sacrificed himself in order to pay for our sins. There is that, absolutely. And then we love to talk here about the resurrection because without the resurrection, the sacrifice on the cross just becomes kind of a, a sad story. It's poignant. But there's no power in it because uh, all of us could die for one another But what does it purchase? Maybe a few more days in our lives, you know? I could die for my brother Mike here. If we were in a circumstance and it was me or him and I sacrificed myself and Mike was able to live, you know, Mike gets another 20 years. That's awesome. But then there's eternity to deal with. And so this is what we see in the resurrection of Christ is his, his, his proof that all of the things that he said, the direction that he's going, the purpose that he has, uh, the truth that he told, that all of those things were true because, because he becomes the only one in all of human history who demonstrates that he has the power over both life and death. And we, we cling to that promise that if we'll follow Christ and, and if we go in the way that he is, we're going to the Father. Something to look forward to. But in these other words that he says, the truth and the life, he offers us also life right now. Life that matters here. Life that has purpose. Life that doesn't have to be filled with with so much ambiguity and wondering and searching because we can go to the words of Christ and who Christ is. And so I I feel completely inadequate today to deliver this message to you, to deal with this text. I feel this way often because I'm just me. I'm just a guy bumbling along like you are trying to figure out how to live for Christ in the life that he's given me. And so all I can do is is sort of share this scripture with you, give you some things to think about, and then challenge you to do something with it If God is speaking to you in your spirit, if God is working with you, if he's talking to you, what does he want you to do with it? How does he want you to respond? And to close this morning, I'll just take you to my favorite passage of scripture, also recorded in John, the most hopeful words I know of in the Bible, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world That's you and me. That he gave his only son. That's Jesus. That whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. I don't know if God is speaking to you this morning about that. 
But if he is, I pray that you'll respond. And the way that you respond is you say, okay, God, I hear you. And I want to go where Jesus is going, to the Father. I want to live my life through the lens of the truth that Jesus spoke. And I want to do the things in my life that reflect and connect with the things that Jesus did in his life. And Lord, if you'll, if you'll take me, I'm asking you to save me because I believe. That is really the hope of the resurrection that he could do what he says he could do right here, that if you'll believe, you never have to fear your purpose in this life or the one that comes after. He's got it all wrapped up in his hand, waiting for you, if you'll just trust him and ask him to do so. Would you stand with me for closing prayer? Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he cause the light of his face to shine upon you. May he turn his countenance towards you and give you peace. Lord, I pray that if there are hearts here this morning that are searching, been wondering about their purpose in life, where they're going, why any of this matters, Lord, that maybe, maybe these simple scriptures and my totally inadequate words might somehow be used through the power of the Holy Spirit to speak comfort, encouragement, Lord, challenge. Because maybe, Lord, there's life here that's going in all the wrong directions and investing in all the wrong things, believing in lies about who they are and where they should be going. Lord, I pray that you'll draw them to you Speak to their hearts this morning. And I pray that they would be moved instead to turn to you and say, I believe. Save me. Give me life that matters right now and for all of eternity. We trust you to do that. Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen.